welcome to episode 247 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. Hey there, Jason. It's, uh, well, it's kind of, I guess it's, what, 3.30 in the afternoon on Friday? Um, certainly no sun out there, and it's been pretty cold in Pasadena recently. Yeah, I think it's uh, broken the 60 degree mark, which is pretty damn cold. That's weird. But I just like to say, it's good to be back. Yeah. It has been literally a month since our last discussion show. Oh. Over a month. I think it was posted on the 4th of uh, November or something like that. We have been slacking. This has been bad. So this is the start of our new weekly schedule. Yep. That's our commitment. As we talked a little bit on the last show with uh, with Rob, I think the every other week schedule too easily becomes the every other three weeks, yeah. <laughs> every three weeks, which then, you know, like this case, you know, became a month because holidays or we had an interview show or whatever. So, um, you know, I, I, I just think you got to have uh, got to have consistency. Otherwise, you just things just kind of fade away yeah and you know and, and my feeling about things is either you do it or you don't do it if, you, if you're we not definitely really gonna have to do, do this i mean i made a commitment last show <laughs> i said i'm doing this for the rest of my life <laughs> well so. i think you need to get out of making promises like that <laughs> but let's just well uh, we, i mean so, we've already been doing how many years have we been doing it now well when did you move here to, when i say here i mean the u.s I, I guess i moved to the u.s maybe five and a half years ago at this stage well when was it that you first contacted me? How long had you been, had you been living here? Um, yeah, I you were, guess. You're, you're well, I was in Silver Lake, so which was which was our second house, so it would have been within the second year. So we probably have been doing the show like three, three to four years, yeah. Well, I guess you could probably look on the first show and see when the post date was, but I think it's some in 2009. Yep, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 4, that's four years. Jesus. <laughs> You're like, long time. <laughs> wow are you thinking oh oh no that's actually too long we should probably stop now no i just it's just amazing you know <laughs> well, it's just amazing how time goes by i mean i it's funny i i'll be i'll be like watching some show on tv and i'll and i always click the info to find out when it was made of some movie or something I'm like what was that was that like was that like 2012 2011 i'll be like ah, it's 2007 or 2005 and it'll be amazing. Something that just seemed like it just came out was like 2008. And that's five years ago. But Colt, I mean, was Colby five when we first started talking? Yeah, probably. Uh, because I, I seem to remember you always talking about Colby being like a coder, you know, uh, an engineer. I can't remember a time when you ever said Colby wasn't that. Oh, when he was just sort of yeah. nebulous, just baby. Yeah, no, yeah. No, no, no. He, he, um, you know, he was always, he's been calling himself an engineer since the age of three. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because didn't he, he wanted to build a rocket to the moon or something? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's been always That's funny. doing those kinds of things. So, um, yeah, man, three and a half years. So, well, I don't know. We'll get back on our schedule once a week. Because I, you know, I was, I was looking at my list. I mean, well, I, I, didn't, I hadn't really been making much of a list. Yeah. But there were a lot of topics that I had wanted to talk about it come in and out of my brain over the past month that we just won't have time to talk about it. but also I, I know what you said last time it's just like it's not interesting to talk about when you've been thinking about it for three weeks kind of thing you know that was something i thought about three weeks ago it was current three weeks ago 
now let's not talk about it. Yeah, well, you just, it just loses its, its, its interest to you, you know. So many, right. time, so many times you can think about something and afterwards you just kind of go, yeah, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> I saw a few people asking about Le Critique. Right. Really wanting that back. Yeah, it was Ivan and Matt S. I, you know, I happened to look through the comments right before the show as well, oh, yeah. just to kind of get a sense of if there's any issues that we wanted. Well, we to, probably need yeah. to. We need we need some people's businesses to critique. You know, we need something something that people are doing. Well, consider this the the call. Yeah, the call for review. So if 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 you are working on something and you'd like our critique, um, and, and, and understand that our critique is meant to the for the best of for the best of intentions, we're just giving you. You know our advice for whatever, whatever it's Tear worth. Down, yeah. You know, and um, you know, not saying that we're necessarily experts on anything, but uh, we'll be happy to give our critique. And I guess people enjoy that uh, to some degree, or at least a few of our listeners do. So we can try that. Okay, great. Why not? Um, yeah. So, uh, well, the first thing I wanted to, um, I want to say this was this was really uh, crazy. Um, you know, our, our our listener Ben Reyes. Yes. Yeah. So Ben Reyes, who basically, who thinks of you as his financial guru. I, you know, I don't know. I, I think I, I don't know if I'd say that, but he uh, he took <laughs> he took my advice that I gave on the show to invest in Tesla back when it was like now, thirty dollars. Bearing in mind that you're not allowed to give advice. No, you are. Oh, you can give it. You keep saying that. Like I can say anything I want. <laughs> you know. I, I thought that it was. I thought that it was like illegal to give investment advice unless you are. You can charge for it. Uh, I can. Anybody can. You can just off say about it. anything. All right. right? Fair enough. As, as long as that, you think that you're not going to get sued one day, that's fine by me. I think you need to read up on the law a little bit. <laughs> All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Okay. No, you can. This is freedom of speech. I can say anything I want. All right. You know. And um, and obviously I have. <laughs> the past three and a half years yeah. so uh, anyway Ben uh, Ben I guess listened to that initial my initial uh, whatever talk about which Tesla, I wish I had and he and he and he uh, took my advice and actually ended up putting a lot of his savings into Tesla and then I guess and I also talked about Solar City. I think he also invested in Solar City, if I'm not mistaken and he also now I don't know if 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 me talking a bit Bitcoin early on got him interested in, or he was already interested in and in, in bought a bunch of Bitcoin yeah. as a result or us talking about him made him think to buy more or pushed him over the edge or whatever it is. But regardless, he basically followed my investment thesis to the T, which was Tesla, Solar City, and uh, Bitcoin. And as a result, he's done extremely well. Wow. And we've talked around the show. Yeah. And I just think it's funny because... What's, what's Bitcoin trading at right now? It's bouncing around, but you know, like $1,100 or something. It was wow. 100. It was when I, when on the show, when I said my investment thesis is Tesla, Solar City, Bitcoin, or whatever. Yeah. Bitcoin was at 100, 110, 150. So you said 110. So, so, so 10X, that was yeah. about the time that he would, so he could have 10X on, on the Bitcoin. Yeah. He, but I think he may have bought some before then. I'm wow. not sure. But or anyway, he actually just sent me a Bitcoin. <laughs> That's cool. An entire Bitcoin. That's a lot of That's cash. That's a lot of money. I mean, I I was uh, what can I say? I was shocked and obviously extremely appreciative. I was well. He said, "Hey, man, do you have a Bitcoin address?" I said, "You know, actually, I don't." Uh, and he's like, "Well, you should set one up." And then he's a little smiley face. I'm like, oh, "Okay, maybe I'll give it like a you know twenty dollar you know like texting type donation thing or fifty dollar, and then yeah. give me an entire Bitcoin." I was like. What? Whoa. So I was like, dude, I can't accept. I can't accept. 
this, you know. I mean, that's just too much. But he refused to... He refused to take it back. To take it back. He's like, look, I would not have been gotten into investing and doing this kind of stuff if it wasn't for you. So. I think it's fair enough. I mean, I mean, yeah. if, if you think about typical fund commissions, right? I think probably yeah. that probably that Bitcoin works. It's probably well, about I, a good a good level. I, you know, I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to phrase those terms because obviously he doesn't owe me anything. Um, nobody listens to the show owes us anything. You know, right? It uh, it was a extremely gen- generous gesture and uh, it was really it was really cool so well ben um, ben thanks so much for sending jason <laughs> that bitcoin that's you, you are such a generous guy thanks so much <laughs> yeah so um anyway um but one thing he said about the bitcoin um you know because we 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 email periodically back and forth about uh bitcoin or tesla or whatever yeah our shared interest in these things and um he said you know he said aside from all the reasons that people cite the importance or value of Bitcoin, you know, about store value or uh, uh, anonymous transactions or whatever. He's like, it was amazingly frictionless to move it around so fast and so frictionless. You didn't have to, you know, wire transfers or move to PayPal and pay like a 3%, you know, fee and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's just, well, it's just instant. It's like the equivalent of email versus snail mail. Or you have to get a stamp and you got to go to the post office or whatever. It's like you just, or like, better yet, it's emailing a PDF. Like now I have to go get cut, print out 50 pages of this thing and put an envelope and go down and pay like three bucks to ship this somewhere. Instead, you just attach it and email it. I mean, that's kind of what it's like. Bitcoin's a really interesting um, <clears throat> a precedent because, I mean, uh, like people, I, I've heard, uh, my, for example, my mom spoke to me about it recently and she said, isn't, you know, I, I've, I've heard on the radio that that whole thing's going to crash, that that's like a pyramid scheme. And I'm just curious, I'm just curious, like, I don't know, is, is it here to stay? Is it not here to stay? I mean, what are your thoughts? I think it's, uh, I think it, it is at this point. I think it's, it's, it has too much traction. Um, it's not, not a guarantee. I think there is a chance that it could get completely squashed by. You think it could get deflated? It could go down to like, what, what, back to 30 bucks a Bitcoin? Uh, maybe. I mean, really, it only comes down. It only would happen if major, the, most of the major governments made it illegal. Made it illegal because I, I was I was reading a, in an article the other day that um, China and was it the Bank of America or some some Canadian bank or something? Basically, China has said they just didn't really think it was a good idea, but the American bank had said actually we think we, we think there's something in this. No, well, okay, uh, yeah, now. China is, um, they have uh, basically told, they're basically restricting banks from doing financial transactions in Bitcoin or from quoting uh, values in Bitcoin or whatever. But they're, but they said, you know, if you want to buy and sell Bitcoins or speculate on Bitcoins or whatever, or buy it from store, you know, people can transact in the economy. They don't care, but they're not going to allow the banking, the financial industry to support it. And part of it is, because they don't want to lose control, financial controls. Okay, so like China, one thing that China has done is they peg the, they're called the renminbi or whatever. I can't really pronounce it, but it's the name of their currency to the U.S. dollar instead of letting it float. So that has caused it so that their imports are continually cheap and so that more and more of our um, manufacturing stuff moves over to China. I right? see. And that's been a very strategic long-term play on their part. Now, there's a lot of reasons why that could be a mistake, 
long term or hurt both economies, but that has been a strategic decision on their part. And it's been good for them so far. Well, yeah, I mean, you you could probably get a bunch of economists in a room and they would argue back and forth whether it was a good idea or not. But I think from a strategic, geopolitical, strategic perspective, it was probably smart because if they move all the manufacturing over there, then then okay, for one, they have a lot of manufacturing over there, so they can deploy, employ a lot of people. A lot of people, their economy will benefit from having a lot of manufacturing. Yeah. They develop expertise in manufacturing and then they start to move up the food chain. Right? right. They don't just, you know, do textiles. Now they're putting together iPhones and now on Xboxes and now they're building computers and then, you know, then pretty soon everything's happening over there. And as, you know, this has been talked a lot about in the press is that innovation happens when companies do the stuff themselves. If we lose the ability yeah. to build the stuff, we lose the ability to innovate. We just don't have the expertise. We just don't really get it anymore. We're just a bunch of marketers and financial engineers, you know? Yeah. And that's dangerous. Um, so that that's probably goes into their thinking, into their calculus. Now, the other thing that probably goes into their thinking is that, I mean, the, the U.S. is, we're, we live in a unipolar world. It is the U.S. is the dominant superpower. Everybody else is just, sort of whoever, you know, they're, they're either our client states or they're these minor um, competitors in, at the geo, at least it's on the geopolitical stage, like Russia and China. I mean, Russia and China are growing quite big, but I mean, like for instance, militarily, we are, we spend more on our military than the rest of the world combined. <laughs> okay. So we are the big bully on the block and that's what we do. We bully countries and, you know, whether it's militarily or financially or whatever. Now, if China has all our manufacturing, it's like you can't really attack your own warehouse or your own manufacturing facility, right? Mm. It just doesn't work, right? It's like, you know what? Like, you know, we get in this big conflict in China about, you know, you know, because we sign a, 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 some kind of a security treaty with um, Japan and then Japan and China, you know, are, are arguing over who owns what islands off that coast. That's an, an interesting hypothesis. So did you come up with that hypothesis or is it something that you've been no, reading? No, just, I think it's sort of just something I've thought. I, mean, I think it's pretty obvious that, you know, they you, they have to think that way. You know, it just doesn't really, it only make sense. It's like, OK, yeah, well, you know, you guys can go to war with us or whatever, but uh, I guess you're not getting any more TVs or iPhones or computers <laughs> or microchips or cell phone or anything like all your stuff, all your you know, all your corporations, which you could argue that we live in somewhat of a corporatocracy, which is that the corporations have huge influence. I mean, our government is primarily influenced by money, whether they're corporate lobbyists or other types of special interests. Money controls politics because politicians need money to win races. So if the corporations are like, yo, <laughs> you cannot bomb our manufacturing facilities or even get to a trade war because that's going to screw us up. I mean, most likely, no, this would be a hot war. We'd just be like types different types of trade wars and stuff. You know, you have, you know, everyone from Apple to GE and everyone in between saying, yeah, you're not, this is not happening because mm -hmm. we're going to alert huge sums of money and we're not going to put any money into your campaigns and we're going to go against your competitors. So, yeah, right? I think that's really good. I logic. think that's, so I think it's, um, that's why ultimately it's a great idea for co for countries to trade with one another because they get these interlocking relationships and you're much less apt to go to war when you have lots of mutually beneficial business relationships between each other.
That that's, no, that's great. That's really, really yeah. nice, really nice analysis. So um, I've forgotten, how, forgotten how we got on the subject, but y- you do remind me of, um, I don't know why it springs to mind. But oh, you were um, talking about Bitcoin. You were asking about Bitcoin. I said, that's why, why China. Okay. So we, so we think your, your general gut feeling is you think it's here to stay. I think more likely than not. Yeah. So do you yeah. think that it just, I mean, do you think it's worth buying a couple of Bitcoin? You know, it's putting 10 grand in, even at this level, could it 10x again? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I mean, it depends on how you do the calculations. And um, I would say, okay, so if you, you could look at Bitcoin as simple, is it is just simply something where it's supply and demand, kind of like um, like anything, any any, mm-hmm. uh, any commodity or anything. It's, it's sort of a supply and demand. It's like price goes up and more people want it than want to sell it or whatever. Um, or people want, more people want to buy it than want to sell it. Okay. Now, you could also say, well, if it, it becomes a currency like the euro or the, uh, the U.S. dollar or, or the pound or whatever, then it has to some degree reflect the overall – I think I think this is how it has to work. I think it has to ultimately – reflect the, 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 you know, the net value that's represented in, in, the, in the world economy, right? So, like, if the U.S. dollar has to represent, you know, like, all the, all the, all the U.S. dollars that are in, in circulation, and I don't mean physical U.S. dollars, I mean, the, like, you know, the amount, the M, I was like the M1 money supply, right. you know, debt and everything else, then that, you know, then if you have, I think you have to do some kind of comparison between what is Bitcoin represent, Relative to as dollar. a total, yeah. As a total, and I'm not sure if it works quite exactly that way. I mean, I really haven't thought that much around. I may be wrong, but if if it follows anything, any kind of pattern like that, then it's then exponential. It's, it's going to be. Well, I don't know if I use the word exponential, but it, it has a lot of headroom. Mm. Let's put it that way. Um, but you know, it's going to have a huge volatility. So it's the kind of thing that, like, it could drop down to 200, and then it could jump up to 5,000. It could drop down to something. Mean, who knows? Because there's a volatility because people just don't know. They don't know if it's going if it's going to catch on, if businesses are going to transact in it, if governments are going to try and regulate or outlaw it or whatever. But governments like China and like the U.S. and other countries are going to want to regulate it, and they may want to to even outlaw it because it 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 limits their ability to control the money supply, mm-hmm. and that is a strategic decision of the go- of the governments a lot of time now. You know, and that's a whole, a whole other series of conversations, really. But um, you know, if if a, if a if a you know governments tend to when they have a lot of debt, one reason that they is one reason they will inflate the money supply. Right? We will add money to the economy in sense there isn't net value added to the economy. There's, there aren't more you know there isn't more property or or more computers or you know whatever in the world. Or more houses or anything else that represents value. There's just more money. Therefore, you know, it takes more of that dollars to buy an individual good or service, right? Well, Bitcoin, there's only like a very, a very finite number of Bitcoins that can be mined. So therefore, it cannot be inflated. So therefore, as more and more value is added to the world economy, the Bitcoins hold that they become more and more valuable. Right. Whereas the U.S., the 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 the, the Federal we just Reserve, new money. the Federal Reserve targets, I think, like between roughly one and a half or two percent inflation per year, and they have all kind of arguments of why they think that's a good thing. Um, for instance, like it creates a flexibility in terms of like um, flage, uh, wage 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 um, reduction. So it's like if 
if if you didn't have inflation, then you'd be kind of thinking that you would often there would be a lot of situations where you'd have to cut wages, right? as opposed to just not giving a raise. And people react very negatively to getting their wages cut, right? As opposed to just like, well, we didn't get a raise this year or next year, or or we we you know it's like, you know, it creates it creates a lot of friction for businesses and and kind of, but that's just one small example. Well, I mean, I had said to my mom in answer to that, just off the top of my head, that. Actually, I think Bitcoin could be here to stay because my understanding of it is that it's created to try and fix the issues around the existing currency gold standard system. So, for example, well, we don't have a gold standard. Well, the, the 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 basics of what was created. So, with with the gold standard, with when you know when there was, was a gold standard, when there was a gold standard, there there wasn't exactly a finite number uh, amount of gold, but there is a finite amount of Bitcoin, mm-hmm. and but so there's a finite amount of Bitcoin, which can enable it to hold its value. But also to get the Bitcoin, you do have to go through this arduous mining process. So it's not like stuff is just created out of thin air. It requires work and energy. And it's just another reason that it can hold its value. Um, so I well, thought- there's a, there's a, it's kind of asymptotic. I mean, the amount of work it takes to get this remaining Bitcoin. So there's, there's fewer and fewer Bitcoins that can be mined. I mean, pretty soon you have pretty much, you know, most of them mined and then that's it. Right. Well, we've got like not fifty percent of them mined now. I thought it was a lot higher than that, but maybe I'm mistaken. But it's it's definitely not like we only got five percent of bitcoins. It's like we have like whether it's half or ninety eight percent. Regardless, that's pretty much the same thing. In the I end, see. right? And, and so at most, you can have twice the amount of bitcoins that there are now. At most, forever. Yeah. You know that's. But but they do know. break down into much smaller units, correct? Like so, bitcoins yeah, can be broken down into like a thousandth or something. One one hundred millionth, I think, is like a Satoshi. They call it a one Satoshi. Oh, wow. Okay. And Satoshi is supposedly the guy who created it, which brings up a whole uh, an interesting uh, blog post I read. Um, because that guy owns, you know, he has like 10% of the Bitcoins. No, I don't think so. No. I think the, I think the Winklevi... Have the largest Bitcoin? No, they have. One. I was re- I was reading about like this. One or they have one percent, and I think Satoshi has about nine percent. What? That's what I was reading. Did Google it? Yeah, I don't think that's. I don't think that's remotely true. Let's look that up. Let's look it you up. Look, right you now. look it up. I don't. I don't okay. Know. You keep talking. So, um, anyway, this this guy did a a really interesting um, he wrote a really interesting article about why he thinks uh, Satoshi Nakamoto is probably Nick Zabo. And Nick Zabo created initially what was called uh, BitGold or something like that. He had been kind of working on this problem. He's like a, I think he's an academic. He's, I think he's a professor. English guy, is it? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Who, I don't know anything about him, but I know he's a, is a, he's into the world of cryptography. He's a, he's a, you know, PhD or, I mean, he's a professor of computer science or something or math or something. And so, um, he, this guy basically who wrote the article was like, he did a syntactic analysis of, uh, you know, and I, I think I talked about this on a show about a year ago where you can do an analysis of, of, uh, people's writing and say, like, so first I could say this anonymous article and say, is this Justin Vincent? Did Justin Vincent write this? Mm-hmm. Because I would have, if I assume I had a bunch of your posts from the past, I could do a similarity. So the, the types of words you use or frequency, which was used those words or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's very hard to fake. Um, uh, and, uh, I, there's actually a word, he didn't use the right word for it. There's some kind of word for it. It's like something metrics, but I, I, it's a, it escapes me at the moment. But anyway, 
He's saying why he's basically. I think he made a really strong case and 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 proved to me that it is most likely this guy, Nick Sabo. Yeah, I mean, because it was like wasn't only that that the the his use of these terms were extremely rare and and uh, it was like it was like a point zero eight percent chance that it wasn't him <laughs> based on the uh, you know. And then of course he made a, he did a bunch of other comparisons of like saying well. You know, he when he wrote certain articles or or in fact, when the big paper came out, the, the you know, or when Satoshi's uh, academic paper on the subject of Bitcoin was published, he said, first of all, that's a very, it's an academic article. So it's most likely written by an academic. Second of all, it references other uh, cryptocurrency efforts before, but it did not mention anything by Nick Zabo. Which mm. it was the most like this bit gold thing or whatever that yeah. Zabo came out with. So he's like, "That's really strange." Why would you not mention it? And then uh, anyway, it was just a lot of things like that, and I, I I thought he made a really strong case for it. Okay, in January of two thousand nine, Satoshi started mining the first crop of Bitcoin, creating what is known as the Genesis block. By year end, over thirty two thousand blocks had been added to this original block, producing a total of one point six million bitcoins. Since all transactions are public. So that's 1.6 million out of 21 million possible. Is that right? Yeah. And I believe that I believe that about 10 million has been mined in total. So he has 1.6 million out of 10 million. He still has it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, s- since all the transactions are public on the blockchain, we know that only a quarter of those Bitcoins have ever changed hands, which means Satoshi is believed to be sitting on roughly 1 million Bitcoins with Bitcoin surging past a thousand, that stash is worth about one billion, one point one billion. Wow! Yeah, that's amazing. I'd never heard anyone talk about that. Yeah, yeah. So I think, and I think that's right. Yeah. So um, it's pretty cool. Pretty impressive. You should probably cash out of about like maybe a quarter of it, lock in maybe a quarter of a billion. Yeah. You know, <laughs> say worst case, I'm worth a quarter billion, but this could be if this things go right, this could be worth ten billion. It's funny, like you, you know, it's it should kind of, in a sense, that sounds like it should be illegal to create your own currency. Why? <laughs> I don't know. It just still doesn't ring right. <laughs> right. It just right. has a has a funny ring to it. Okay. On on a different subject, um, what do you think of the the Amazon drop ship to your door using robotic drones? Oh yeah, I you know I is that going to happen? It sounds like it's kind of cool, but what happens if one of those things has a malfunction and drops right in the middle of the street? Right, and right. an accident. Right. I mean, I, that would be my biggest concern is that these drones would be, obviously, for them to, to get to anyone's house, they're going to be crossing over major streets. Yeah, because if, if you throw a rock on the freeway, you know, when kids uh, go on a freeway on a bridge and throw rocks and it smashes into a car, like everyone kind of gets killed kind of thing. So if that's happening all the time, well, I'm going to say, even if it doesn't happen all the time, it only happens very rarely, but it happens, you know, once or twice a year. It has hundreds of thousands of shipments, but then a couple times a year it drops in the middle of like the 405 and lands in someone's windshield or something. People are like, you know, people freak out. They go, like, oh, shit, you know, and they, they put on the brakes and causes accidents. I mean, that's that would probably be the biggest danger. I was reading an article that was basically expressed that the whole thing was just hype because there was a some book that was recently published by Amazon that's selling very well that just talks about the bad aspects of Amazon. You know, this book basically says doesn't speak very highly of Bezos and doesn't speak very highly of the culture. And so the the article was saying the whole reason why they did this was just to change the conversation. It's it's actually probably just 
not really ever going to happen. They just want to change the conversation and try and rebrand Amazon as, you know, as a better thing in people's minds. From that one book that nobody's heard of? No, no, not no one's heard of. Like it's, it's, it's like on the bestsellers, bestseller list. Like it's really well sold. I think that's, I think that's silly. Um, but um no i don't i don't think that's silly. you don't buy that no i mean so someone comes out with a book that's critical i mean th- there's books come that come out and that are critical of these companies or these ceos all the time they come people talk about a couple weeks they disappear no one talks about them again well apparently this book made such waves that on amazon itself jeff bezos's wife uh did a reply under a real name and oh just, right and just basically said this book's a load of wrong. everything about this book oh because she never cause one thing i think she said was that um they never bothered to interview him or, you know, right. You never yeah. talked to him about any of this. Stuff yeah, yeah. Or her. I mean, it's like you're talking about the history of Amazon, but you didn't even talk to the people. Right. Exactly. You yeah. you know, who, who you're actually writing about, you know? But so you, so you think, I, I, I do think that's a good point that you make. Like those things can just drop out of the sky. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't <laughs> know. It was, it's kind of the same problem with the, um, the self-driving cars, which is like, you know, when those things how reliable are they? And then when they do malfunction, who who's to blame for it? Who takes the who takes the fall for it? And well, but there the would be far less people killed using self-driving cars than just regular people dr- driving cars. I mean, that's a given, isn't it? I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, like, well, well, first of all, robots make less accidents than people cause less accidents because they they're not an emotional. They don't get drunk. Well, okay. First of all. You know, computer programs crash and, 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 and do stupid things all the time. At least my experience, they do, right? So That's we know true. that computer, it's hard to write really good computer programs that operate, that are extremely complex and operate in complex, ever-changing environments and don't make mistakes. And NASA spent a thousand lines to get that. A thousand dollars a line of code to get that level yeah. of... Okay, so we know that's... I don't think it's a hard argument to say that it's hard to get complicated, <laughs> bug-free... Uh, computer programs of that complexity to in, into existence, into production. Okay? Difficult, yeah. So that's difficult. Okay. Now, there's the other thing that says that, you know, that in, and there's been a lot of talk about this, the ability that these car systems can be hacked remotely. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of ways that you can hack these things. There's been a number of uh, reports by uh, security research, and then I can't remember which university it was, the University of New Mexico or something, where they went out with a laptop and they hacked the brakes and the steering and the accelerator and the electric everything and wow and and and, and uh, you know we talk we talk all about how easy to how many different ways there are to break into computer systems you know every time you think like your system is patched and stuff if people want to get in it seems like they're going to get in you know if they're well funded and want to get in enough right so if someone says hey look you know we got a hundred thousand driving car self-driving cars in la uh i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna make a lot of those um, have a problem because I'm a hacker or I'm a terrorist or I'm just a criminal or I'm a whatever, right? Let's say I want to rob a bank, right? Let's say our team, our, our, I had a guy's cruise, we're going to rob a bank, we're going to take this big bank. You can just see a movie like this, right? And you have all these self-driving cars and you say all the self-driving cars in a few blocks away malfunction and cause all kind of chaos and, and distraction, all the cops and more people or accidents all over the place and then you go hit up this bank. What's going to happen? Cops can't get through because all the cars are stopped and, Right. It's true. Um, it's uh, it's an interesting point. I wonder. By the way, I think we have to write that movie now. I just, I just <laughs> wonder whether that. No, but you know, you you could all, all the cars except for just one road, and then that's your getaway road. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I wonder. God, I mean, I really want them to exist. 
I really want that to exist. So I hope that I hope that your your naysaying isn't right. Well, and I'm not trying to be a naysayer. I mean, I you look, I I think you know, and as I've talked on the show, I think they will come into existence. I think that's just the 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 struggle with with these things are is like how reliable are they? Like, can they get them over reliable reliability barrier? And then when they do screw up, like who takes the fall for it? Well, let me put it to you another way. Let's say let's go back to the dawn of the internet, and I'm saying to you, oh, every company and and banks. And the government, they're going to have websites online. And you're saying to me, yeah, but people can get into systems and they can hack systems. So I think no one's ever going to have a website online. You think that's what I'm saying? Think I think it's a, similar, it's a similar kind of thing, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe it's in a similar argument, but I don't think it comes, it's, it's quite at the same level. I mean, you're talking about cars on the highway going 65 miles an hour okay, whatever planes. carrying people people can die okay planes fly by wire okay no but I, there's fly, no, planes fly okay. by wire fl- yeah fl- planes that basically are you know fly by wire that's what they call them right i don't know what you're talking about uh that's what i i heard that as a, a way of saying that it was controlled by a computer what planes like jumbo jets oh they have an autopilot but they have a pilot yeah, they have and software a, and- but they still have a pilot and co-pilot there manning this system. They're not, okay. they're not, they're not, the pilots aren't on the ground, you know, yeah. and, and, okay. and, the, and the things that are the drones that you have, I mean, they're like, most of them are in remote areas, are in foreign countries and whatever. But look, it's not that I'm not saying that these things won't come into existence. I'm just saying they're going to have to overcome those things. And it's going to be a high barrier um, for them to clear because, or high bar for them to clear because, when he, when a human has an accident, people say, "Oh, wow, there was an accident, and this person, you know, uh, you know, whatever, killed these people, or this bad thing happened, and the person's going to go to jail, or whatever it is." You know, and then that's, but in that time, and occasionally we'll talk about like, well, you know, what kind of person was it? Was someone who was really old? Should old people be able to drive, or was that person really young? Should we raise the driving limit? Or was a person texting? Should we be texting? Okay, so you have those kind of discussions. If a robot. If, if there's any indication that the robot caused the accident, oh my God, should robots be on the street, right? You can just see that constantly being the headlines, the drum beating, because if you're watching the news, what's the news about? If you're, if you're trying, by the way, hey, do you ever watch the news? Uh, not like the, ABC News? Not or, so much, no. It is unbelievable. I When we were at uh, Sandy's uh, parents for the holidays, <coughs> you know, her, her parents watch ABC News and her dad her dad always turns off the volume like super high because the kids are making noise to the point that I always have to go to the other side of the house because it's so loud I can't escape it. Right. And it's, and it's like most of it is fear mongering. Oh yeah. It no, is no. unbelievable. Yeah. The fear mongering because it's like, Oh my God, like they're coming to get you, <laughs> you know, be back in five minutes and we'll tell you how to, you know, it's uh, like, yeah. Oh my God, your social security is, is, is going away. Your healthcare is going away. Oh my God. The immigrants are coming to get you. Oh my God. The Chinese, the Chinese are coming to get you. The Arabs are coming to get you. The, the, the poor people are coming to get you. I mean, everyone's coming to get you, right? That's what, that's what these news things are like. And you walk out and you're like, no wonder mainstream America is just rattled. They watch this stuff and they're just freaked out. Yeah. And so you could just see because they make money, they get people, they use the fear mongering to get people's attention, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and it probably comes like a little bit of like a, it falls that addiction uh, pattern and, and the, you know, and, and you can see the same thing if there's robot cars or whatever. Oh my God. Are these robot cars? But actually one point that I wanted to bring up there that you, you made me think of it 
is that first iteration software, like first iteration software products always break. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're always full of bugs. I mean, you know, the first iPod out there, the first computers out there. I mean, every time you do a first iteration, it it takes like to to get to gen three before it starts being stable. The problem is, is with with self-driving cars, you can't really afford that. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. I look, I'm as pro-technology and pro-robot as you are, but I'm just saying it's, there's going to be a lot of, um, of uh, social normalization that's going to have to happen before people are comfortable with it. And, you know, and there's been a million and one movies made about what happens when robots screw up, turn evil, or you're talking 2001 or Terminator or Skynet, or you're just talking about they just malfunction. There was another article that I was reading, and this this is just stuff that I I, I haven't taken note of the links, but anyway, I just want to tell you, it was uh, back in 2010. Uh, it was an article about a security company who was saying that they were really happy with Android because they've they've kind of watched Android for the last you know year, and they only release about 300. You know, every time they release Android, there's only about 390 critical bugs in each release. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Only three hundred and ninety. Yeah, <laughs> every quarter. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that pretty much nails it. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's see what I mean. I got a I got a million and one one topics Go to, on, to cover. So let's see here. I'm trying to figure out which I want to segue into this stuff. Okay, one thing I want to get out of the way before I before I get to, before I forget about it. So. Um, we were emailed by a guy named um, Mark Gale, who's a listener, and he um, he wanted to do like some sort of a not a business partnership, but a deal where he he's you know like a lot of some companies will say, hey, we'll want to advertise, or we'll give you a kickback if we make yeah any that kind of stuff, an affiliate type of thing. And I I I told him I said, look, I don't know if our audience is big enough that so that makes any sense, but I said I'll I'll mention the show because it sounded kind of kind of a clever idea or cute idea but so he has this website called 5k mvp it's the number five so like five thousand dollar minimum viable product yeah so 5k mvp and their little shtick is that they'll and they'll take for five for the price of five thousand dollars they will build your mvp and they'll deliver it in 10 to 12 weeks and they'll take 50 50 percent down deposit and uh mm-hmm. you know and they would come at you you know you have to come a very specific spec Right, you get that nailed down and, and whatever. And I thought that's kind of a cute thing. Like, you know, you can get it needs to be a small thing. Small Yeah, five thousand is not a whole lot. I mean, that is pretty gonna be pretty minimal. Yeah. I mean, I think ten or it's not gonna have too much beyond the registration screen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh anyway, I thought I'd I'd mention online. So who knows? I mean, I don't know how many listeners we have on a show who are not technical but are more like like the kind of like the non technical founder types. You you see, you keep on making me think of stuff. Right, just just from saying that, that made me think of Heyday, which was just uh, released on Hack on Hacker News. Did you see Heyday? No. It's basically this iPhone app um, that 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 the post was show HN this you know auto journaling app that I've been working on for the last two years. So look at this; it's very nice. It just automatically goes through your photos. Just scroll up mm-hmm. and um, just creates like an automated journal. I just thought it was a really Weird. nice, cute little app. Great idea. That is cute. How? Uh, um, but like two two years working on it. I, I was I, I just left a comment and saying, "Well done for working on something for two years and releasing it. Nice job." <laughs> well, that's what we talked about with uh, yeah. about um, 
Mike, uh, what's Mike's last name? I'm blanking out. Mike Tabor? Mike Tabor uh, from yeah. Micro... Micro... Microconf, Conf, Micropreneur Academy and all stuff. Yeah, Rob Walling's partner in crime, and he worked on Audit Shark for like two years for releasing yeah. it, which is just it takes crazy. a lot of uh, yeah. a lot oh, this of is slick. This is well done, little app. Yeah, I think so. And you can, then you just click into any uh, picture, and you can just start. You know, what's with all these naked selfies you have? I mean, oh, seriously, dude, that's just. I mean, <laughs> you know, I can't help it. I uh, just when you're as just wh- getting less when you're as good looking as me. <laughs> <laughs> naked selfies is if the I only way. If I saw some naked selfies of Justin, I'd be I'd be <laughs> logging off. <laughs> I'm out. Um, so uh, yeah, so one of our um, one of our listeners. Let's see who. Oh, so Ivan left a comment. He's he was asking for some updates. His first update he wanted was a plugio update. Oh, so he says uh, plugio update. Don't. So what's going on with plugio? Well, um, so <laughs> I had, I had it with the, um, the broker for the first round of sales and that didn't pull, that didn't pull through. Then I had a private buyer interested in it and that didn't work out. And then I put it back with the brokers again for a second round of sales. Then there was someone who was really interested in it, but then that didn't work out. So now I'm back to another private, potential private sale for a, from actually a guy who's been a customer of Plugio for two years. I just offer, I just, we've been emailing backwards and forwards. I mean, he just regularly, you know, sends me support requests. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just offhandedly replied to one of the support emails, you know, hey, you can buy Plugio for 100K and then you can take it, you can have the whole thing kind of thing. <laughs> and he was like, seriously? <laughs> so that's turned into a conversation. I don't know what, you know, whether that's going to go anywhere, but that's one one uh, potential possibility. The thing about Plugio is it just keeps on bringing in the bacon, you know, it's like... To make about 3,500 a month. Yeah, 3,500 a month. It just sticks there, brings it in, and it's very happy. Yeah. That's so, not bad. You know, I don't... Um, I, I just keep it up to date um, by... Uh, for example, recently LinkedIn changed their API. So I just had to, you know, tweak the API to work better. And Facebook changed their API and I did that. But generally, I just haven't done anything to it for a year and it just keeps on turning over the revenue. Well, that's the dream, right? Yeah, pretty really much. Kind of like the past, what called passive income. Yeah. I wouldn't call this completely passive, but mostly passive. No, right, exactly. I mean, it's it's been a great, it's been the, the little engine that could, as you've called it. <laughs> um, I hope one day to, you know, to shift it to someone who could do something with it because my, my, you know, my heart and soul is now into uh, Digidoo, you do? Um, and that's where I'm focused. So there, there, there really isn't any time for me to spend on plug here. Yeah. Well, I know. Well, there's been a couple of times you've talked about, Oh, it'd be fun to build this little thing and that thing. And I'm like, and with wh- where would you possibly have the hours? Where am I going to get the time? Every time I talk to you, you're like stressed out. You're like, Oh man, I got to do this. I got this. We got <laughs> five fires to put out. I got to run. You know, you're like, you're always, you're being run ragged. Just well, I don't know about to... being run ragged. It's just, I mean, it's just, you know, when, as you know, through Uber, when a company is successful, right? When you're, it, it's, you, you're basically, it's under the weight of your own success is what the issue is. Well, the people using it. Yeah. More so people want to use more it. More people want to use the it. People using it want to do more things with it. Right. Exactly. And, the, and more people want to use it. So it's just, it's just more things that you got to do or do mm-hmm. better or do more of or. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why I was like, I don't think you're going to have time to build this little <laughs> iPhone app that you think would be fun to build. I just don't see, you know, not unless you're going to, you know, not be uh, hanging out with uh, Georgie, which I don't see that happening. Well, so. how many, I mean, hey, listen, you know, you're having a dig at me right now. How many projects have you got going? You know, look, <laughs> I'm a bad example. <laughs> I'm a bad, look, I'm a bad human being because I just, um, my biggest 
I have a lot of weaknesses, but I think one of my bigger weaknesses is my inability to say no to, right. to getting involved in things that I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I could easily say no to things that I don't like or care about, but if it's something that I think is, but really people cool, keep on uh, like propositioning you with interesting stuff. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times I think that I can find the time to, to, to do stuff. And, um, you know, look, it's been a struggle. I mean, I've, I've talked about it on the show for free for, for years. Where, where are you going to find the time to do stuff? When, when are you going to learn that lesson? Huh? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that I'll, I'll eventually start to act on what I know to be the best thing to do. I mean, I think that you can do more than one thing, but you just can't do 10 things. Right. You know what I mean, and there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a limit. And, I'm a I'm a kind of person that thrives when I have a lot of variety and I have a lot I have multiple balls in the air, you know. It just keeps my life interesting, um, and I like that. I like having an interesting life. I like having varied projects and ventures and whatever. Um, but uh, and and I have I'm a I'm a pretty I'm pretty capable of managing a lot of things. But what always happens, which is probably what happens with us. About uh, us and our, always our listeners is that you you always push yourself to to your breaking point, right? So it's like, oh, I can build an iPhone app, but can you build one? But so it's not just building iPhone app; you build a super complicated one, right? You're always going to to the limit, right? So it's like, yeah, I can do more than one thing, but then instead of just doing two or three things, you do ten or something, right? Yeah. You're just like, okay, <laughs> like you could do more than one, but don't go crazy. So, um, so anyway, he. Ivan says, Jason's secret project revealed. Okay, so I was working on one project, and and then I just, I kind of, uh, I don't know, I got a little distracted from it, and I don't know, I kind of lost that loving feeling a little bit. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure, but a lot of it was I was just working on other things. Mm -hmm. And, And not only that, Uber was taking up a lot of my time. Do you want? Do you want to? I'm not going to go. I'll. I'll. I'll, I'll the name of it. I'm not going to go into what it was. I'll just say the name of it was Vortex. Okay. And it. Great name. Well, thanks. It was a great uh, logo too, and it's still. I still might bring it back, but it's on temporary hold at the moment. Right. You're very good at names, except for texting. That's a. Like I said, texting is the name. worst name of all time. Yeah, but. Which I blame on you. Well, I don't know why. Well, because <laughs> you you said when we first were coming up with a name. I just said I want something. Zingy. It should have a zing to it, and like said, something techy and zingy. And I, I said something like, ah, I said, what about like tech zing or tech? And you're like, oh, tech zing. Yeah, that's great. And I was like, I don't know. And so I, I, I was sort of waffling on it for about a couple weeks, but I couldn't think of anything else. And I'm like, all right. And I'd always heard, you know, people would say, oh, you know, names don't mean anything. Just go with the worst name you find and it's fine. And then so I was like, all right, I'm just going to go with the worst name. And now I've regretted it ever since. It was just the stupidest name. It really is the worst. But anyway, it just doesn't even mean anything. No. And it just sounds stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> so now the other project, another project that I'm involved in, um, I'm not going to get into too many specifics yet, but the name of it is Kryptonite mm-hmm. and it's in the cryptocurrency space. And this is something I roped Guyon into. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this project. Yeah, this one's pretty cool. Um, so Kryptonite. Um, in the cryptocurrency space. Yeah, let's just call it the cryptocurrency area, you know, of which Bitcoin is one cryptocurrency. I like the idea of a project called Kryptonite, which is in the cryptocurrency <laughs> space. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty cool name, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. it's another great name. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
Except that it means your greatest weakness. Well, that's kryptonite with a K. Like, why kryptonite is filling out forms, for example. Like, if I fill out forms, I, I almost drop down dead when I try and fill out a form. I think there's like, uh, I don't know if that's necessarily half to me. I mean, that's kryptonite with a K in Superman's universe. Uh, okay. But, um, you know, anyway. So, there is another project which has just been... I want to say, I would say it's languishing because I've just had so much other stuff though, but I just got to finish it up. And the name of it is called Givtronic. Givtronic? Givtronic. Which actually you were yeah, participant in the naming of it. I was going to say, where did you come up with that nice well, name? Well, actually, shockingly, it's something you were known for is come up with really bad names. <laughs> it's like, yeah, because like, you know, when we come up with the show titles, like whenever your show titles are the worst, but a lot of times when I can't think of a show title, I'm like, I just it just throws this stuff at me because the worst names are it just it just somehow it it jolts my brain. I'm like, all right, no, that's not it. But here's a good one. And you came up with you 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 blew out like seven or eight really quickly to variations. And you said Gifttronic, and I said Gifttronic. That's a Gifttronic. But then I was like the the double T the Gifttronic. It's just too hard to say. It doesn't roll. But Gifttronic, yeah, Gifttronic is slick. Um, so can you say what that does, or is that a secret? Um. Let's just, I'm just going to hold off until I get, I, I don't like getting too into it until it's, until I have something sure, to say. Yeah. You know, it just feels, yeah. It's fine by me. It's just, it's tantalizing yeah, to the so, listeners. Yeah, yeah. Now you know about Givtronic. All right. So there's Givtronic, there's Kryptonite, Vortex. And um, then of course you and I have Anyfoo. Anyfoo. And right. we have Catalyst that we do every Tuesday. Catalyst, which is in a startup, but then it takes a lot of time. But then there's we been have another. Texting. Yeah, texting. And then there's this other thing that I've been working on to um, it, it is to support Catalyst, which is, mm. you know, we've, I've talked a little bit about it's a Q, it's like a, a Q&A system, sort of a dynamic question answer system so mm. that you can go and create a topic, you know, use Markdown and write up like, you know, this is how a for loop works, whatever, right? Write a couple paragraphs and give mm-hmm. a couple examples. And then you could go in and, and, and answer a, a, a bunch of questions. I would answer one after the other. Like drills. Up. Like a drill would come out. Here's a question, and then you would you would click on a multiple choice, which one was right or wrong, and, you know, which one you choose, and it would say, ah, that's wrong, and give you an explanation, and then you'd click next question, and it would bring up a new one, right? It mm-hmm. would sort of show your mastery of it and how many questions you answered, whatever. And I think that that could be a more of a generic system where you could have topics that could cover, you know, anything. I mean, ultimately, I'd probably start with things that are sort of, you know, math, science, computer science, you know, that kind of stuff, but then it could branch out. But um, I, I, I've just noticed, and I've learned myself over the years, that you don't know something unless you can answer questions or solve problems. You know, that's studying math in college. I mean, that's like rule number one. You can't solve the problem. You don't do the problems. You don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, just because someone shows you something or you read something, you just become familiar with it. And But also what you have to do is you need to do it over time. And you need to be continually presented with problems and you know, we talk about the spaced memory kind of thing, where mm. it's like, okay, like you answer some questions, then you answer some more questions on topic, like three days later, and then maybe like a week later, and then maybe like two weeks later, and then maybe three months later, whatever, and then it come, comes it gets embedded in your long term. So that's an interesting project. I like yeah. that. So that's uh, the the working title is SnapLearn. I don't know if that's the because Snapchat has become so popular the last six months or nine months since when I first started working on it, there wasn't a Snapchat. I don't think, mm. but. Um, I mean, that's, 
that's the one I'm most excited about working on simply because I really, really want it to exist. Because mm-hmm. I see how powerful it would be for Catalyst. Because what happens is we go to Catalyst, we teach them stuff, they learn stuff, we show up a week later and they forgot mm. 80% of it. And they don't do the homework because the homework, like something like this, it would be. I think they would be more likely to do it during the week because it's just like going, especially with points. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it would just say, like, you know, just go answer these questions and read the explanations, where it's like they go in and have to log in and work on stuff. Sometimes I think they just don't lack the confidence. and But then also, it's, it's um, the kids are busy. Yeah. I mean, the kids, the kids around here, I mean, I think just in probably most modern societies, in particular in America, I mean, these kids are at school and they got homework and then they got gymnastics or basketball or, you know, whatever things they have. But they all have all these different activities and things and if they got brothers and sisters and they get like even if they're not playing soccer they're being dragged along to their sister's soccer practice right and then they go and then they have this their thing and then it's like there's a school fundraiser and then got to go back and everybody's got to get their homework done and it's dinner i mean it's just there's not a lot of time um and so when you say hey you know try and work on your programs for an hour and a half i mean you know when you know oh and so, on the weekends you got stuff right you got family stuff you got you know, all the whatever activities you're practicing for the week, the, the games or the performances or whatever on the weekends. Okay, so you got any more projects up your sleeve? Uh, Apart from Uber? No, well, then I have, uh, cons- you know, occasionally have these smaller consulting projects that I do for, for money, my mercenary work, which I've had to do a little bit of because, um, you know, I as I mentioned, I mean, I've talked about the show. I don't know why I get so open about my finances, but... <laughs> you know, I made I made enough. I made substantially more money in 2012 than I did in 2011, and as a result, and because once you get over a certain point, you lose a lot of deductions. Mm. Okay, so and then as you lose it, so then you're you're you're, and then of course you go to a higher tax bracket. So your tax rate just gets nonlinear, right? It's it becomes much much higher, and so you owe a lot more money. And so in it, when you're self employed, as I am. You know, I'm not a W-2. I don't get my money withhold. So I'm supposed to, so what we do, we, you're supposed to hold back money yourself and then you pay a quarterly estimate based on what you made lot the previous year. So we we're doing that in 2012. We were paying quarterlies based on what we made in 2011, but they were not near enough. And so I came back owing just a ton. I also thought, money. is it also related to whether you're an S-Corp or not? Like no, I mean, there's there's only... Shouldn't s- you be an S-Corp? Because you're not, I know. You, you're no. not an S-Corp. But wouldn't that save you cash? You can save a little bit here. It'd save you a few thousand dollars or something like yeah, that. Okay. But then, of course, it's like, it's a dangerous game because it's like, okay, so like, I'm a company of one, mm-hmm. right? And I'm paying myself $60,000, but I made one hundred and fifty, so the rest gets paid in dividend. I mean, it's just, it's the, the IRS to come in and be like, eh, no, 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 mm. you know, you know, that's, that's not cool. So you're going to have to pay yourself more like what the market rate is, which may depending on what you think the IRS is going to consider that to be, is going to be much closer to what you actually made, in which case, so your, you know, accounts will tell you you can do this, and in, in most cases you probably get away with it, but it's a question of how big that difference is, how aggressive you want to get with that. You know, are you going to pay yourself a $30,000 salary? Are you going to pay yourself a $100,000 salary from your S-Corp? Mm. You know, and... Well, but the problem is, is, the problem is, is if you say, you're going to pay yourself a hundred thousand dollar salary from your S corp. Mm-hmm. It means that you're committed to the the quarterly tax of that. 
but you don't necessarily know whether you're going to have enough cash flow coming in that month to commit to that level of so I, you know I, w- I wouldn't go for a really high level even though yeah but you can't always come back the IRS come back and audit you and you don't want a ton of money right panel if, if they come out and they go but you can do at the end of the year you can go back you can retroactively look at what you earned and then give them more tax can't you well, you can, but most likely, if you're if you're doing ruining an S corp to minimize your tax exposure, you're probably not going to go back at the end and pay them a lot more. Most cases, you know. That's what I've always done. That's that with the S corp, I basically have put, you know, a, a sensible figure, and then at the end of the year, go back and see what was extra and. Yeah, but why do you do the S corp? Because you pay yourself less than you actually make, right? Otherwise, there's no point in doing an S corp. Right. Well, I just, hey, listen, it, it's the accountant that you introduced me to who told yeah. me to just set it up that way. Yeah. No, it's just it's just. So what I'm saying is. It is a smart thing to do, but the the amount that you pay yourself in a salary versus the amount that you made has can't be too great. Otherwise, right. it's not going to look legitimate to the IRS. In which case, you run the risk of owing penalties and, and fees and whatever. Well, well as so, it stands right now, for, okay. okay so, yeah. if you're going to keep that fairly minimal, then what you're doing is you're saving, paying the difference between um, long term and short term capital gains. So, I, I mean. Regular income versus capital gains. You're going to pay that difference um, in tax rate on that difference between what you what you paid yourself as a salary versus what you made in, in gross. Right. And so that may but amount to a, couple, a few thousand dollars. And you're like, do I want to go all the trouble of setting up an S corporate stuff to save myself two or three thousand dollars? My my and the answer to myself has been, nah, I'm not going to do it. Don't worry I about see. it. Okay. Other people may take a different reason. I mean, you, you have to do calculations for yourself and, you know, and it probably depends on the industry you're in, what the market rate, how much you're making. I mean, especially if you have more than one person in the company than just yourself, then it becomes more and more, looks more and more like an actual company as opposed to you just optimizing your tax exposure. Yeah. Uh, what were you going to cool. say? Uh, I was going to say that for me, that's just Plugio stuff going through it now. I'm paying a mountain of tax through my regular payroll. Right. Uh, for Digidoo. And in fact, uh, they were taking, a, for, the, for the last six months, by mistake, they've been taking tax out of California and Illinois. So I've been paying Illinois tax for the last six months. So that's been fantastic, huh? Yeah. So it, it was bad because I was like, huh, that's that's quite a lot of tax going their way. But um, I think now uh, they've worked Got it out. So I'm getting, out. I'm going to get some cash back here. Yeah. Hmm. So well, why don't we talk about catalysts for a minute? Yeah. Why don't we? So, um, all right. So the class is a little smaller now. We're down. We were down to eight, and then well, so a couple kids from last year couldn't do it because of um, conflicts with other activities, Boy Scouts and whatever mm-hmm. gymnastics and stuff. And and I think that's fair enough. I think when you're eight, nine, ten years old, picking gymnastics or or uh, Boy Scouts or whatever over, you know, computer class might likely be the best choice, depending on the kid, right? Um, so we're down to eight. We were down to ten, and then two dropped out because they just were struggling, and I think they just had too much homework. Um, and then Bora is uh, who was a new student this year and was playing catch up, but she was catching up, is having to drop because um, she's playing basketball and they couldn't get switch her practice time, and so that conflicts. And I said, yeah, I don't think I'd miss basketball myself. Mm. <laughs> you know, I was, <laughs> you know, so I would totally get it. So we're down to seven, which for us is way easier. Have you noticed? I mean, we had a seven. Oh, definitely. I mean, there's a big difference between like, say, 10 or 12 and like seven. We've been, uh, I've found myself focusing on one or two kids 
for the whole lesson. And I know that you, you're the same. And then because we've got, um, Liam's dad. Yeah. Chris. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's working on a few. Like, so, Chris is an astrophysicist and he knows Python really well. So, so I think the, with seven, it's good. It works, works well. Cause we each get to focus on two kids and then the one kid that's left over might get a little bit of. Yeah. I mean, they, they get, you know, yeah. so yeah. So I, so <laughs> this week I had this, uh, sciatic nerve pinch. Oh, that was, I hate to say it, but it was hilarious. Yeah, I'm sure it was. If you were <laughs> the one with the pinched nerve. So I uh, like about 20 minutes before class, maybe three minutes before class, I get up, I come out of the office and I say, Hey, Colby, you know, we got to start getting ready in a few minutes, whatever. And, and, uh, and say, Colby shows you something on the computer. And I look over and then I just shifted my body weight. And all of a sudden I had this pain in like my heel and ankle and then on oh. my back, lower back. And then it was like my whole leg. And then oh. I was incredible. I was in a ton of pain. And then I just, I lie down on the bed. Uh, and Sandy's just he's lying in the bed too, kind of reading or, or something. And I said, and I'm just like, oh, and she's like, what do you, what is wrong? I'm like, I don't know, my bad leg. And then <laughs> she's just looking at me like I'm, you know, like I'm, like I'm a freak. And then I go, and then I do this thing where I pull my knee close to my chest and trying to, you know, because sometimes you just feel like you just like shift your weight or move your body a little bit, like it'll stop. Yeah. And then I just really aggravated. That was the worst decision. Oh, wow. And then I I was just in agony. I was, you know, I mean, I really, I couldn't even think straight. And then Catalyst was, I mean, this was like at 535. I had like 10 minutes to get to Catalyst. And I'd already been telling you like, dude, make sure you're there by 545. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like, ah, you know, and I hadn't even had packed anything up. So I'm like limping around the house. I could barely walk. And I'm like, holy, get the stuff. And so we get over there and like, I literally... I mean, you had to set everything up. I feel I, bad for saying it was funny now because you, <laughs> you you really did make yourself seem like very, you know, very poorly. Yeah, I was. I'm sorry. That's okay. I was, <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, it is, in retrospect, it is funny. And uh, so I just sat next to Sophie, uh, Sophie the whole time and helped her because I couldn't move. Niall yeah. one time asked my help. He's like, Jason, and I tried to get him. I'm like, no. Well, I, was, I spent most of the lesson with Colby. Yeah. So norm- normally you teach, you're with Colby, right? Yeah, yeah. How did that go? It was good. It was really yeah. good. You doing all right? Yeah, we do. Um, so when when we did each of the challenges, I would say to him, you know, explain explain that to me. So the first challenge was um, that you you press down a key and then it would change. It would change. So if you press the G, the screen would become green. If you press the R, the screen would become red. So basically, we're handling the on co- on key down event. So, yeah, and, and doing a switch statement. Yeah. or an if else if on the key code. So I, you know, we did it, and I said, okay. After it, I said, okay, Colbs, explain, explain it to me. So he, you know, he explained it, he went through it. Well, see, first of all, you get the onload event and then that onload calls this function. And then this function is like hooking into the key down. And then you, you've got the if statement that if it's a, if it's a green key. So he, he did that. So then the next challenge was basically on key up. Mm-hmm. And if you press on key up, it, you know, when the on key up, the screen goes white again. So this time <laughs> we finished it. He did it. I said, oh, Col- Colby, explain it to me. And he's looking, he said, uh, um, uh, well, it's just on key up and it goes white. <laughs> it's just like, there's nothing to explain. It's like, come on. It's like, it's obvious. <laughs> why, why would I need to explain it? <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, that's funny. Well, you know, Colby, um, Colby's not the best explainer in the world. <laughs> I mean, that's what, that is actually one of his real weak points is, um, self-expression. I, I think he, um, Sandy's always, that's one thing she really wants to focus on with him is just getting him, helping him improve in that area. He's, he's, 
he's not as articulate as he could be. I think he, um, I mean, he's just a, he's, first of all, he's a boy, he's not a girl. Boys tend to be a little, I think, develop a little later than that. And he's just, he's He did more, a pretty good job. I mean, I, you know, I wasn't thinking, oh, he doesn't know how to explain that. No, he, he under, he usually understands things much better than he can explain them. So you can yeah. usually like say, if he understands it at a C level, probably understands it at least at a B level, but right. he just sounds like he doesn't understand it because he just kind of sucks at explaining stuff. You know, where there's some kids who are just, you know, obviously very good at, ex- at explaining. Um, so, um, well, that's good. So, all right. So one thing I told the kids, I said, all right, cause they're having fun, but I kind of, um, there's two topics I want to talk about. They're all related. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll, I'll jump back to this. So I took Colby up to San Francisco. It took when the, the family, spit it out. When Colby came to Uber with me a few weeks ago, yeah, I had him work on a game the whole time. Okay. okay now I'm going to get back to that whole story. Colby coming to Uber. Okay, so he so we spent the day working on his game. So now all he wants to do is work on his game. He doesn't right. want to do the challenges. He's yeah. like, well, can I just work on my game, Dad? Can I just work on my game? I'm like, well, no, you have to challenge. He's like, ah, I just want to work on my game. And <laughs> then, of course, he showed it to the kids there, and they're all like, cool, you know, work on the game. And now they're really excited about it. And so then I realized, you know what? Maybe maybe we could have the same success rather than like writing up a bunch of ch- random challenges each week, which are good. But we can just build on them, write your own game that kind of follows the same path. Yeah, you know, and one of the you know, there's a couple benefits to this is one you're you're working on a project which is always more fun, especially if it's a project of your own design. Like mm-hmm. you can build whatever game you want. I don't care if it's a it's, if it's some sort of Candy Crush knockoff or you know like Colby's, which is like a two dimensional Minecraft kind of thing or, or whatever. You know, you come up with what you want to do and, and then and then they'll really understand the motivation for why they're doing certain things, why they're doing a loop. Why is there need an event handler here? Why? Because, dude, if you want your game to do this, it's going to have to do this. So how do we do that? You know, that kind of stuff, as opposed to me saying, OK, well, draw 10 boxes. And then whenever you mouse over, they turn green, you know, which, again, I think they enjoy fine well enough, but it's just not probably as cool. The other thing is that. um I noticed that when you're constantly looking at the same code and all this stuff, you're, you're, you're constantly being refreshed. They understand it, right? They go, mm-hmm. they look at their game and they go, you know, they're, and these aren't going to be super, like, super complex games, but maybe over a couple months, they're 200, 300 lines of code. But they have examples of loops and conditionals and switch statements and event handlers, and they see them also keep getting reminding them of what they are and how they work. Mm-hmm. Which we don't do right now because the way it works now is that you have challenges, you you create a new HTML file, you write some stuff in there, and then you don't really look back at it. Mm-hmm. You know, which yeah. I started thinking, I'm like, guys, remember we did this two weeks ago or three weeks ago? And now they're kind of like, yeah, I kind of remember, right? Yeah. So I think the game might work that, that better that way. The third benefit is less work for me. Yeah. You don't, don't have, have to, to do the challenges. I have to, because it takes me like an hour and a half to come up with ideas for challenges. Okay, so what are we going to take on i have to write up a bunch of text describing and giving examples of this yeah okay the on load event the on load event fires here this is how it is here's an example so when i have to write a bunch of stuff like that and then i gotta write a bunch of challenges and points i mean that takes an hour and a half of time <coughs> if we're just working on games we walk in and we're like okay sophie so you're you know 
game about people on an island. Kidding, okay, what are you doing? Okay, let's. You were building a mushroom, right? So we've got it. Let's okay. Let's think about how that mushroom looks. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I think it might be. But I think it'd be hard. What do you think? I like it. You like the game? Yeah. Good idea. So we're gonna go with that for a while. We're gonna start. Sure. I, so I told the kids. So we have. But the last challenge that you you put together is what we needed to. I mean, we're, we're still gonna need to teach them those basic things that are gonna be required for games like you know, key down events and things like that. But, but um, I, it was a good challenge, but we probably will need to go back to challenges to move Maybe forward. Maybe do some, yeah, I, what I'm thinking is, I wonder if using SnapLearn, using the question and answer system to kind of, um, in conjunction with their game, might do the, be- the best of both worlds. Yeah. Like they're constantly being reinforced with like, because we'll have challenges on CSS, we have challenges on HTML. I mean, the, I mean, not challenge, I'm sorry. There'll be topics or questions on CSS, on HTML, on the DOM, on event handlers, on JavaScript proper. You know, those kinds of things. And so they're constantly being like asked these questions. I'm looking forward to that. like how far can we go with these kids building a game? Like, I mean, are we talking like Mario Brothers jump jumping platform games? I mean, can I mean, we go kids, that far? So here's the thing: is the kids are ambitious. And I think if you start small and then you just go, it, it, you might be surprised. So Colby's, um, so, so I just kind of came up with the idea of a two-dimensional, well, first I was just like, let's just draw a grid and then you kind of like move like a little dude around the mm. grid, right? You move up and down arrows and it kind of moves around. And then Colby was like, well, it should be like Minecraft. I want my 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 yellow rectangle when I move it around with my mouse and then I can change it from water to ground to you know to to stone or whatever yeah and so we did that and then we had and then he he went into the painting uh, drawing program and i said well look you got to draw something and save it as a, a png and save it at this this size or whatever and uh, i'll show you how to ftp that to the server and we'll use the css and make it a background and so he did all that so he drew like this little <laughs> dude and so now we have this thing where he you can use the uh the, your up your arrow keys to move the the guy around the the screen mm. You can me- use your mouse to move your yellow little square, which, and then you can create things on there. No, it's just ch- ch- color. It's not actually like have a property like you can't move on it yet. Oh, so you you don't, haven't got boundaries and stuff like that. Okay. But not yet. The, the the map, the grid is bigger than the screen, and so I told him I said, look, current overflow, hidden, so it doesn't scroll, and I said, but now. I said, now we got to move him around. And he's like, I'm like, so how do you think we should? We're walking to school the other day. And I said, all right, cool. So how do you think that works? He's like, well, you move the arrow and the guy goes to the side. And then what happens? He's like, well, then. And I'm like, well, then if you move one more, he's off the screen, right? Yeah. And he's like, huh. And I said, well, what if. Um, he's like, well. And I can't remember if I said something about moving the map. But I think he just said, well, we move the map. You move to the guy to the right. He goes all the way to the edge of the screen. And then when he goes one further, you move the whole map left. Nice. And I said, but how about this? How about we leave him always at the center of the screen, and rather than ever moving him, we move. We always the map. move the map. Yeah. So think about this. So I showed him. I said, I said, like, think. Here's my hand, one hand, and this is the background, and, he, and here's my finger. It's a foreground. Now you see my moving my finger, and, it, and you can tell I'm moving the finger. But also, if I just hold my finger, am I is the finger moving or is my hand moving? Because it seems like he's moving relative to the background, but I'm moving my hand. I'm not moving my finger. Yep. And so I, I really would have done it with better if I had a piece of paper and a index card but i said here's the example so he got it and i and so and i said you know let's do that so that's one thing we're going to do this weekend right and but that's like going to be super easy um things affects or change 
But the next thing I, I want to do is um, maybe what we'll do is like if you if you move your guy, if you create stone, he can't go on stone. Yeah. But he really wants to do inventory too. So like you <laughs> click on a button and it'll have a div pop up and like here are the things that you have, you know. So I have to th- every time I think about like what are the what are the three things the next three or four things that are obvious to do? Which one is the easiest? So you're going through a learning yourself because you've never written a Minecraft game before. No. Yeah. <laughs> so it's fun though. Yeah. And I, I think the kids saw what Colby's game did, and they're like, their eyes kind of lit up. Yeah. They were like, ooh, that's cool. I want to do that. And rather than trying to have them all make the same game, I'd rather have them just think of what you want to do. Hmm. You know, like, you know, because ultimately it's all going to be all the same tech. You're going to, you need all the same skills. You know, you think we can do animations? Yeah. I think, I think all we have to do is we just need to go in baby steps. So an animation might first just be, you know, I see, I think that the, the, the sort of the, um, yeah, using a set timeout or something, and like then he moves your little guy moves from one square to the next. Yeah, like every half a second, it's like okay, how do you make it, you know, um, simpler and and but then of course you have to introduce something like probably a global variable for position. So one thing we haven't talked too much is about scope, mm. but it's pretty easy to explain that, and it's easy to it's easy to test for that and like snap learn like okay, a variable here and you have a function and he does now what is the variable equal after these variables are changed? Well, Barco already knows scope. You know, okay, yeah, and Colby gets it no problem. So I, I think all these things are, all these things are, are are very teachable to this level. We just need consistent reinforcement. Well, you said you were going to get back to Colby in Uber. Oh, in Uber. So yeah, so this is one thing I wish I we had talked. I wish we had a show like three weeks ago because it, after it just happened. But um, so uh, my last trip up to San Francisco. Um, so we, we was saying I had planned. We'd been wanting to take the kids to San Francisco because they keep, every time I go up there, they're like, "Dad's going to San Francisco. Where's San Francisco?" And they're always asking about it. Mm-hmm. And so we finally said, "Well, let's do a family trip and <laughs> take the kids up and everything." And so I flew up on Tuesday night as I normally do, do, and I work Wednesday and Thursday. And then they drove up on Thursday after school, and they showed up, and I met them at their hotel on Thursday night. And so on Friday, Sandy took the girls. They went to they went to some different museums and different things like that. They have high tea and you know, different things that the girls. High tea, high nice. Tea. And I took Colby to Uber, <laughs> so we he came. We we called an Uber in the morning. We went and you know went to the uh, and went to the office and um, you know he sat down at his computer right next you know, at the desk next to mine and uh, I set him on his project and yeah he. Um, <laughs> He loved it. I mean, it was awesome. And then at the end of the day, um, you know, he showed, he did a little code review with the all the dispatch guys kind of cried around. He showed him his game and he showed him, walked him through the code and they were all like, wow. I mean, that's, that's, awesome. that's young to intern. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's like, dad, can I come up next month? Dad. I like, he's like, he's like all ready to move to San Francisco now and start working at Uber. Like he is ready to roll. Oh my God. He, it's like, I don't know whether we had this discussion offline, but. I think that he could start earning cash building people websites by the time he's 13. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They say that I could earn some pocket money from that. Oh, yeah. I said, you know, the rate you guys are going, I mean, you know, you guys are with middle school. You guys are able to, you guys could, you know, yeah, you could make money, do your own stuff. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, it was funny. So, like, the, uh, Tuan, he's the the CTO he, of uh, Uber, and he's, you know, he's older, probably older 50s. And uh, he says, by, he was sitting watching Colby Code next week, he was just like, 
that's hardcore. He's <laughs> like, right? JavaScript, event handler. So like, that's hardcore. That's great. Yeah. And then um, at the end of the day, um, or towards the end of the day, I took him over to Mighty Hive. My buddy Pete is the CEO and founder of, of a uh, you know, startup called Mighty Hive. And they're, um, they have about eight or ten guys. And uh, I just wanted to show Colby a smaller startup as well mm. as like okay you see uber uber is massive now right i mean there's mm. multiple floors and buildings like 80 engineers or something and so went over there and it's like a handful of guys and mm-hmm. they happen to have so well the first thing we walk in and you know he just takes something it's kind of like in a it wasn't a co-working space but it was like a big open space where there was three or four startups sort of sharing this space so it had kind of a cool light energy yeah and so Colby gets in there and I, and he brings up his game. He starts showing their game and, you know, showing <laughs> off the game. So they're like, oh, it's really cool. And then um, one of the guys had one of these uh, RC helicopters. And so, and so they're always like, hey, Colby, check this out. And so Colby had, used to have one just like that. And so he could fly it better than those guys could. They're just like figuring it out. And they're a little hard, trickier to fly than you'd think, right? Yeah. And so they're like, dude. <laughs> so Colby's, so he's, he's thinking like, he has this little bit of a skewed idea like you go and you ride like electric scooters around uber and then you go fly helicopters at mighty hive and and he's like this is awesome well talking about rc helicopters yes um so one of the things that i had worked with on plugio was this itex thing which is like this barter system Mm -hmm. and um i sold a few accounts i sold maybe fifteen hundred dollars worth of itex barter dollars Mm -hmm. And so my mom was just here recently for a, a visit and we, she took us to this ITEX fair and I couldn't work out what to spend this $1,500 on. I mean, there's, there's just, there was nothing in this fair that I could like, you know, say, oh, that's what I should get until I saw this very, very nice remote control helicopter, which I didn't really think I could do a lot with, but I thought, you know, I bet Colby would like that. <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> so actually, I haven't spoken to you since since we we gave that to you. So did, did you use it over Thanksgiving? Well, first of all, it wasn't fifteen hundred dollars, right? No, no, no. Oh, sorry, no, no, no. no, no. no. But it, but it was it was, it, it was pretty it was pretty big. It was pretty big. Yeah. So well, I mean, it's like two foot long. Yeah, yeah. It's one of their bigger remote you know, yeah. RC helicopters for sure. Okay, so weird thing was is that. Um, you know that day that you brought it over, yeah. Colby. They got the tele uh, the the propeller to turn, and they're like, "Okay, I'm not. You know, we don't want to get in the house because we don't know how fast things take off when we hit the roof or whatever. Yeah. This is an outside helicopter, as opposed to the other one he has, which is a inside. And so we took it to to Las Vegas <coughs> to Sandy's parents' house because this is like a day or two before, or like the day before we were leaving for, for, for Thanksgiving. And nothing happened to it. Didn't drop. It didn't get hit with dust or anything. And for some reason we can't get it to work. We can't, the, like, the, like the, it's not receiving the signal or something. Oh. So I think we're going to have to go to- Could it be a channel things. thing? Like the channel? Yeah, mate, we think it's got to be a channel thing because it's just yeah. not getting the signal because it, it's one thing if like, oh, we tried to fly it and it dropped and hit and crashed hard and yeah. now- You never even used it for anything. No, so- but That's really annoying because it definitely wasn't secondhand. No, like, no, it, no. it was new. It was, it was brand new. Yeah, so we're not sure yet. Um, Ugh. But you know what? I, I hate introducing more problems into people's lives. Like I just wanted it to be to work and him yeah. to have fun with it. Well, that's life for you, right? Oh. Like things should just work. But yeah, we're obviously very generous, and I'm sure we'll get it to work. And as soon as we get it work, then we'll go. Out, we'll get you. We'll, I'll pick you up. We'll go to the park, and we'll awesome. fly it around. Yeah. But you know, the guys at Mighty Hive, you know, a few weeks ago, you know, I, I, the day I guess it was the day after at Mighty Hive, and we were out, you know, 
doing, you know, sightseeing stuff around San Francisco and Colby kept asking me, he's like, ask, ask your friend where, you know, what helicopter that is, get the model. I want to buy it, you know, cause he saved a bunch of money. He's like, I want to buy it. So I texted him about it and I, you know, I said, Pete, what is that model number? Cause you know, Colby wants to buy it. And then next day just one shows up in the mail. He's like from the guys at my Everyone's guys. sending Colby helicopters. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, you write code and you get helicopters, I guess. Nice. That's so that was nice. really cool. All right. Well, have you got something to finish the show off with? Well, I got a, I got a, well, I got a few things. So, geez, we didn't even get I, to I need to, I, I've got 10 minutes. So I definitely need to, okay, well, to head in 10 if that's all right. One, um, I'm going to co- go through a couple quick things. So, um, yeah. Um, so we found, speaking of Colby, so Sandy gets a call, you know, yesterday and she's like, so Colby, has made the math field day team. So basically like they test everyone in fourth grade and everyone in fifth grade, sixth grade and in the top handful of kids who score on the math test get on their qualified to be on the math team. Then you go compete against the other 20 schools in the district or whatever. And, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so we're like, yeah, that's great. You know? And she's like, yeah. And they need someone to coach it too. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, of course they do. Oh. Of course they need someone to coach it. Oh man. And she's like, but Sandy's really into it. She really wants him to so do she's it. So she's gonna is she gonna coach it? No, but we're gonna do it together. So it's so the way they're gonna do it is they're doing it lunch twice uh, twice a week during lunch. Yeah. And so I'm gonna go once a week during lunchtime and she's gonna go once a week during lunchtime. And so we're gonna come up with the curriculum and what our plan is. And so it's it's at the end of March is the big But isn't Colby gonna get sick of you? It's like go to Catalyst, hey dad, go to math class. Hey, Dad. I know. Well, that's a little thing. Go to Fusoka. Hey, Dad. Well, you know, he, <laughs> you know what? That doesn't seem to be a problem. Colby, um, at the age of nine, at the stage, he still really enjoys being you around guys, me. You guys are hanging out. Yeah, yeah. well, my, yeah, it's it's all a, it's a Sandy calls us one brain because we like all the same stuff. <laughs> one so brain. So, what does one brain want for dinner? <laughs> what is one brain? Or would one brain get off the computer so we can? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, so he's he's fine. But what I am a little worried about is I don't want him to feel burned out or whatever. Right. By, you know, this m- homework or like, okay, now I have to do more math than I was before. And then I don't even really have to do it. But now I have to do it because my parents are coaching the math team. Yeah. Or so I told Sandy, I was like, we really need to make it fun and game-like when we do it. And and already what we do with his math homework, we, we don't make him do all his math. We make him do the hardest problem of each type. And if he gets it right, he doesn't have to do it anymore. So he used to do maybe, he does maybe 20% of his math problems or 10% of his math problems. He's like, ding, 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 done. I'm like, all right, you're done. <laughs> Go play Kerbal Space Program or whatever. Okay, great. So it's not like he's already, he's slaving away for an hour and a half doing math every night, but these problems are much trickier, obviously, mm. you know. Um, so we'll we'll uh, see. Um, yeah. Right. Um, so let just see a couple other quick things. Um, Find a nice note to end on. A nice note. I guess I won't do. Um, oh, oh man, I got a. What's a couple ones? I got. Is it real quick? We've got time for a couple of yeah, ones. Okay. Soylent hits its 1.0 formula. Nears release. I've got a month's worth coming. It's yeah. arriving here in January. Yeah, that's what they said. So January was coming. So they've changed it a little bit. Like the guy, the Ars Technica <coughs> writer was laughing a little bit. So I gave him a lot of gas. He's like, he was giving him horse killing farts. Wow. <laughs> that bad. But they've changed the. The fiber and the sulfur content, so that should problems should be solved. And it also had a little bit of the like the um, with the the silt at the bottom of the river kind of 
chalky really taste. Chalky. Yeah. And they said they think solved that. They get higher quality protein, uh, better oil types of oils for fatty oil. So, and they they got a couple of um, really um, expert uh, physicians or, uh, who are physicians who are experts in, in, in nutrition, uh, me- nutrition, metabolism, and things like that. So mm. to make sure everything is really good. And um, so, would so. you tr- would you trust it to live off it for thirty days? Dude, I I probably lived off much worse for thirty days. Yeah, you know I mean, I think you could do a lot worse than than uh, you know this kind of thing. So I'm willing to tr- give it a shot. I mean, well, we're definitely tasting it. I mean, we're going to well, taste we're gonna it. We're going to test it live on the show. But I yeah. I would like to uh, if 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 it tastes okay to me, mm. if it's like if it's like doing a protein shake, I would I would especially since I need to I I need to drop some weight. I would I would try and eat it for lunch every day. I think it's going to be like my from from the press that I mean obviously I've been looking at people talking about the beta testing of it. And I I think that the te- it's basically going to taste like bland salty protein shake, you know, it's protein shake with a bit of salt. Bit of salt? It's salty? Yeah. yeah, I think yeah, it's it's salty. It's not sweet. Huh. It's it's kind of sa- it's a savory taste. Savory taste. Yeah, because it's mainly it's main. It's mainly oats. Like a, 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 you know, a big part of it is oats. Okay. And then I think they add the salt in there to give it like a bit of a savory taste. And then, but based on that base taste, you can add chocolate powder or whatever you want. You could make it into a savory, like a chicken kind of thing or whatever. You know, so you you can potentially add taste. So it's additives. a blend. It's like bread. So you can kind of make it taste like anything you want. Yeah, but but the base, but they. They're kind of not going there yet, but that's that's the reason why they're doing it. But actually, watching Rob, I can't remember his surname, talking about it because I watched this one documentary about it. He has this vision. He basically says, "Look, water is is our right. You know, it's 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 in faucets. Like that's what I want for Soylent. I want everyone to have a Soylent faucet in their house." <laughs> that's his grand Soylent faucet. <laughs> so basically, you just go on, turn the tap, and out comes Soylent. Wow, <laughs> that's an interesting, uh, yeah. an interesting grand vision well, there. Isn't I, it? I noticed that. Yeah, well, at least you know I don't know grand visions and all that kind of stuff aside. I mean, at least for my, me personally, you know, I I find myself a lot of times eating when I'm not super hungry. It's not something I'm really into. It's not like oh wow, I can't wait to eat this food. It's just I need to eat lunch. It's lunchtime. I mean, I'm kind of hungry. If, if I could get away with just like no longer being hungry, and especially if I'm like, it helped me lose weight, mm-hmm. you know, at least it's not making it worse. Like, oh, I had a Coke at lunch. That sure didn't help. Right. <laughs> you know, or at least because if I'm not tempted, then I, I'm good. It's like, but if, if Sandy buys donuts, I'm eating the donuts. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but if you don't buy the donuts, I don't go out and I don't go and buy donuts. I don't go to the donut shop. It's the same with me. I mean, when Georgie leaves really delicious biscuits and stuff yeah, in the I kitchen, mean, it's, it's, it's impossible to walk past them and not eat them. Yeah, I can't. I have no self control at that level. So, if you had if you had soylent like that, and especially if I could just do a little bit to make it taste like a chocolate protein shake or something like that, give it a yeah. little bit of a chocolatey taste or something, and right, I'd be like, I would totally do that. Yeah, maybe I'm sure not you every day, but maybe like four four or five lunches a week and a few breakfasts, and maybe I could probably do it a couple dinners because there's a couple times in the week, like when I have um, soccer games. And, you know, I get back really late after the soccer game or whatever. Then and Sandy's she's like, you're on your own for dinner. It'd be better if I just have Soylent and I'm like, I'm done. I'm sure there's going to be whole side businesses where people create different taste sensations for Soylent. 
oh so, so, like a soylent uh like spikers kind of like uh, <laughs> like soylent add-ons yeah, yeah you had a like hey, make it shakes like a cherry <laughs> or make it taste like a cherry pie <laughs> this is our cherry pie soylent add-in or this is our you know chicken noodle soup add it tastes like chicken noodle soup kind of thing or whatever Depending on what you're eating. If you like breakfast, this, this will make it taste like waffles. So if you're eating for yeah. breakfast, you can feel like you're eating waffles. I'm saying like there could be an infinite number of flavor varieties. That's a good idea. With a good base. Well, if Soylent takes off, it'll be kind of like the, the first companies that came out and made all the um, iPhone add-ons. And yeah. Stuff. Made yeah. a lot of, you know. Because you know, Soylent, or whatever their company, are they called Soylent? What's the company name? I don't know. What are they, whatever they're called. I mean, they're not going to be able to just focus on doing that. Not for, for starters, I yeah, mean, they got they got to focus on their core product, exactly. And, uh, so it'd be easy for someone to jump in and and do that. All right, so let's see. So a couple of small things I'm gonna, I'm gonna just throw out there. All right. Um, so there's a uh, scientists have come up with a way of creating synthetic DNA that's stronger than the real thing called XNA. Hmm. So they replace the sugars with these other different types of molecules that can actually hold that information and can replicate with a high degree of fidelity. So they're basically saying, look, if we can actually create something that behaves and acts just like RNA and DNA with these other types of molecules, not only is that interesting for like synthetic life forms that we may be able to create, but that points to the fact that there might be other types of life out there in the universe, <laughs> right? That, do, that, that don't have DNA, RNA like us, mm. you know, another type of replicating um, information structure. That's kind of cool, huh? Yeah, that, that is cool. That's, it sounds like the basis yeah. of a horror story. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I could definitely make a sci-fi film out of that. And, um, and there was an NPR story on, um, you know, basically how there are, are scientists or astrophysicists or whatever now estimating that there are billions of planets that could, could support life in the, our galaxy alone. Because, you know, first, like, well, we think, you know, well, there's a lot of stars and there's 200 billion or whatever stars in the, in, the, in the Milky Way galaxy. And that's just our galaxy, right? They're like half a billion galaxies or half a trillion galaxies or something. But even in our galaxy, like, planets are probably really rare. rare. And then they figure out some techniques to find, uh, find planets. Like, well, okay, so it turns out there's planets, but they're rare. Well, okay, well, it turns out there are lots of planets. Well, it turns out most of those planets, we think most of those planets are just giant gas giants that couldn't support life. Oops. Well, it turns out, like, it turns out that there tends to be a lot of uh, life-supporting planets, right? Like, just keep getting closer and closer mm. to what people would kind of have suspected. Like, dude, there's got to be a lot of life-supporting planets out there mm -hmm. just because just laws of probability, you know, which is, which, is, which is really cool. So, and maybe this XNA stuff, you know, there could be all kinds of different life forms of different complexities. I mean, probably most of them are microbial or whatever, but it's still super cool. Um. Which brings me to uh, Matt asks wants to know what we're watching now. We've talked about. Uh... Mm. What are I'm, you watching? I'm watching Alphas. Alphas? Yeah. I tried to that. I, mean, I, I found it was just. I, found, I watched the first episode, but I just thought it was kind of dumb, and I couldn't take it seriously. Did it? Get I don't care if stuff's dumb. I just like watching it anyway. Like it's just, just so, like I need science fiction of some kind. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, it's like and when I was about Defiance. It's like kind of dumb, but you're like, I haven't I seen do Defiance. Well, I must look at it. Well, it's kind of dumb, but well, the, you can watch it. The one that I just I couldn't go there is the one where it's like the police show that has all the different cops with the different kind of alien types. Like it's it was kind of like the Star Wars bar, except it was you know the Star Wars bar with Jabba yeah, the Hutt. Yeah, yeah. So all the characters are kind of like weird characters like that, but it's some cop show. I couldn't watch that one. I can't remember what it was called. I think it's Defiance. 
That's defiance? Yeah, maybe. Well, it's like post-apocalyptic thing. Is lots of... Do they have different types of aliens? Yeah. I, I probably couldn't watch that. <laughs> yeah, I told you. It was kind of I probably could have watched that. <laughs> I told you. Yeah, what else? Anything else? Um, well, I, The Good Wife, which is like, which is, yeah, a, I've heard know, that's, that's a great yeah, show. I've heard that's good. Yeah. Um, what else do I watch? The Mindy Project. Is that funny? It's very funny. It's very funny. There's, so there's, there's New Girl, which, which, is, which is kind of pretty big, but then just after New Girl is a Mindy Project. And it's it's actually infinitely better than the than New Girl. It's really it's actually very funny, very witty writing. I like it. Really, yeah. Interesting. Have you watched the Goldbergs? Uh, I watched like the first show, and I wasn't hugely impressed. But are you enjoying that? You know, I don't look for. I don't like. Oh, I can't wait to watch the episode of Goldbergs. But like, we have a bunch of the DVR, and Sandy's like, "All right, we watch tonight." She's like, "Well, yeah, the Goldbergs are this." It's 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 kind of like the the uh, what was that other show um, that had Brian Cranston in? Uh, like Clear, Curb Your Enthusiasm? No, no, oh, no. Which guy? Who's you know Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad, the other show? Oh, Malcolm in the Middle. Malcolm in the Middle, yeah. Is it like that? Yeah, you know that would be a close approximation, but it's 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 even more gag like you know. I mean, I <laughs> I, I do love the guy, the dad. I like. I mean, I like that actor. You no, know, he's funny. He's from Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's a yeah. lawyer for three. He was funny, and um, the uh, the other one that we're watching, which I would you know watch the second or third episode. Last night with Sandy and because uh, she's been kind of pushing it is Blacklist. Oh, I was just about to say Blacklist. I give it a. I'm optimistic that it'll be decent because what's the guy's them? Uh, uh, um, oh, what's the actor's name? Um, I watched three of them and I was definitely hooked. Come on, what's the guy's name? He's from Boston. Then I baldy uh, guy. He is he is an amazing actor. Right. I uh, I keep blanking on his name. Don't worry but, about it. Don't worry about um, it. But. Uh, he, I mean, he's by far the best. I mean, all their characters are kind of flat compared to him, obviously. Yeah. And um, James Spader. James Spader, right? And um, he's gay. I mean, he he used to be a good-looking guy, but he's well, now he's now kind of. Well, it's like when you when you go bald. I mean, you know, it's sort of like. <laughs> well, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Right? You, you you put on some weight and you lose bald. You're not gonna. But anyway, I mean, it it is a good show, and he is a great actor. Yeah, but uh, so that's pretty decent, of course. Just watch the mid-season finale of Walking Dead. Is that a good show? Is that worth watching? You know, I've been telling you, I've been working on you. <laughs> All right, I should telling you. At some point, I'll go back and give it a chance. Show. Yes. But you, you have. Why should I give it a chance if you haven't given Breaking Bad a chance? I have. I'm halfway through season two. Oh, you are. Yeah, I just it stresses me out. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, he's going down. Oh, you, no, you just, I'm, not, I'm not worried about the him. beginning of it, dude. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I don't have a problem with him becoming evil. I just get stressed. Like his his family situation depresses me. His cancer depresses me. That stuff depresses <laughs> me. Him becoming this, you know, evil kingpin or something. The prospect of that is like doesn't isn't a problem for me it you know but the cancer stuff and that stuff just all seemed very real and very depressing just watch out for his hubris every time his don't ego gets me, involved no i'm just no that, that's not saying anything it's just great that every time his ego gets involved he does something life-alteringly stupid yeah well that's been the story of my life whenever i get cocky i screw myself over <laughs> i always it's like i try not to get cocky because that's, that's always my yeah well, well, it's always because someone's hurt his ego. Someone hurts his ego, and then he's like, and he's like, "Oh, I'm not gonna. No, I'm better than like." And then he does turns around and does something really bad. 
and it's great you can you just get to see that pattern coming again and again it's like oh no what's gonna happen yeah what's gonna happen you know we did we just switched from showtime to hbo oh yeah and uh also to the hopper the hopper when you say but hbo is a, a one one channel with no but i think you have a whole bunch of other hbo there's like a bunch of movie channels. I, I just love hbo it has such great shows yeah well we're gonna start watching game of thrones i think Oh, Game of Thrones is good. I mean, there's so many good series on HBO. Yeah. And you know what? One, I, 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 was, I was just watching the previews of it. People watched the previews. Actually, it wasn't the previews. It was like a, you know, before show, the show. And recently, what happened? Um, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It was Treme. Oh, Treme's great. I haven't seen it. I was just watching I'm like, that looks like a great show. It is. You well, can just tell by the, the type of actors. It's made by the people who made The Wire. So if you like yeah, that. Yeah, well, there you go. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like great people make great shows. So let me just see if I have anything. I know you you're gonna go right. Yeah. Um, I guess but, we're gonna skip we're gonna skip the whole um, oh, letters from the dark side this time. I don't want to finish on that. No, that's whatever. I mean, I'll just say we know. No, that, no, what, no. I'm gonna read the topics. NSA no, slapped no. malware on fifty thousand networks. This is cute. <laughs> and NSA is tracking cell phone locations worldwide. About five billion records a day. It's also cute. And it turns out that. Um, Writers, 24% of writers, uh, like professional writers, given a, this was a survey by uh, Penn, like one of these writers associations, 24% of them have avoided writing topics because they knew they were being ultimately surveilled, you know, by email or phone. Wow. So that's, that, that's, that's what the censorship effect of surveillance, right? People just start self-censoring. They're like, I'm not going to talk about that mm-hmm. stuff, you know? So uh, that's, the, so like, oh, <laughs> two, oh, there's two, two little topics I'm going to bring up real fast, which are hilarious. One is the assassination market. So this guy started this dark site called, you know what they call this dark site runs on tour or whatever, mm-hmm. called the assassination market where you can... Assassination market. Literally, you get, like, there's people who put bit, who put Bitcoin and, I guess, in some kind of escrow on the assassination market for somebody to assassinate Bernanke. What do you Fed chairman? Why do you keep saying assassination market? Assassination. <laughs> assassination. Assassination. So that's... That's a lot like... Isn't that crazy? It's kind of a lot like a movie plot that I came up with that I think I told you about a while ago. But yeah, that's that's interesting. But do you think that they would take it seriously and really do it? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess if there was enough money. I mean, this was like, you know, there was enough money. There were hundreds of thousands or millions of people. There might be assassins <laughs> that would do it. But especially if they feel like they could get the money and not... it. But it always Which you can like, with Bitcoin. There's always seems like a way, yeah, with Bitcoin that things you can always find out who they are. I mean, it's especially yeah. the NSA and everything like that. And, you know, even we know the yeah. CIA is getting on the act. The FBI. I mean, it's just like anything you do online, you could just assume you might as well just put your, your social security number and mm-hmm. email address and bank account attached to it because you, you can find it out. All right. So that's your funny story. No, I mean, that was just crazy. <laughs> that's kind of, that's because of my crazy man story. All right. And that's crazy. And then the final, <laughs> you'll like this one. Uh, this is the Huffington post. Uh, men with attractive wives report higher levels of marital satisfaction. New study finds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from the offices of no shit. <laughs> <laughs> Marry a hot wife. You won't regret it. <laughs> that's Yeah. So basically it turned out that. It, yeah. The guys themselves were happier. The guys who feel like they lucked out that they married a, a, a woman or who was pre- prettier than they were good looking, that they tended to be much more attentive to mm-hmm their wife they were much more giving and attentive or whatever and that in turn made the wife much happier hmm. because the wife the wives weren't happier that they were attracted they were happier that their husbands were 
much more giving and attentive. So the moral of the story is good-looking women should marry ugly men. Yeah, well, it turns out women don't care as much. I mean, they may care to a degree <coughs> at, at the extremes, but, you know, the, it, but, you know, they don't care nearly as much. But guys obviously care a lot, and it's a gift that never, it keeps on giving, right? <laughs> so if you're, not, if you're a young guy and you're not married yet and you're still playing the field, Get you, heard it, you heard it here first. This new study finds. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's it. So we'll, uh, I guess we'll have to pick up. We'll have to do it. Well, we got next week. We're not going to, it's like we're going to wait another three weeks. No, again. exactly. Actually can... This time next week or, or Saturday, whatever. All right. All right. That's a wrap. We're out.